0: lords, ladies, and lovelies to Black Girl Tea Party. My name is Yasmeen
1: Hill. And I'm Alexandria Dorsey. First up, let's get right into the brew. Yasmeen, what's brewing for you this week?
0: What's brewing for me this week is that this week marks the five-year anniversary of Beyonce's release of Lemonade, and everyone knows that I like doing um, brews that are on theme with our episode, which is really funny because we're talking about Black creators. um, So I think it's just like you know i just love the way that that lines up because obviously like beyonce is very um a very like powerful woman a powerful black creator and like has built herself up in music film and now like art so um and last week i was able to sit in on a class about black women spectatorship in film and media in which we were given like a theoretical background um, about the importance of black women's spectatorship. And then we were able to look at Lemonade and some of the imagery in that piece as um, a case study. And that's not something that I've been able to do at all. I love like analyzing contemporary media, especially like that of black creators. Um, Like in a perfect world, that's just what I would do all day. Um, So I think like, the way that those things were lining up, just, like, I was like, oh, I have to talk about this on the show, just the way that those things, um, happened, and also, like, you know, that was a, that was a big deal, I didn't realize that it had already been five years, um, since Lemonade, uh, had come out, and so I'm gonna take the time to rewatch it, just, you know, revisit it, do some more analysis, but, yeah, it's not a very heavy brew this week, but, Zan... What is brewing for you this week?
1: What's brewing for me this week is that I was on um, a website that I think you all should look at called Because of them, We Can, um, and they wrote an article about how LeVar Burton is going to be the next guest host on Jeopardy. Um, as some of you might know, um, the previous host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, uh, died last year, and so... Their Jeopardy is currently looking for a new host and so they have been uh cycling through several guest hosts um for the news episodes of the show until they can hire a new host and people have been Dying for LeVar Burton to be a guest host and in some cases also the permanent host of Jeopardy! If you don't know LeVar Burton, you probably know his work. Um, he played Kutikente in Roots, but the way that I know LeVar Burton is that he was the like host and producer of The Reading Rainbow, um, which was a like television show where. LaVar Burton and probably several other children who they had in the cast would, like, talk about new books and their plots and their importance. Um, My favorite one was the one where, like, kids from different states would talk about their state. And that was awesome. Um, So, yeah, I love LaVar Burton because I've always loved Reading Rainbow. Um, You know, the Reading Rainbow theme song, everything to me. Um, So, yeah, I... I just was really excited about this because I love him and I just love Jeopardy also because I watch Jeopardy with my family in the afternoons like all the time. It, I grew up with the show and I'm just really excited at the possibility of LeVar Burton maybe being a permanent host on Jeopardy. Um, and I really hope that like his episode goes well, that they seriously, seriously consider having him as a permanent host. Um, so good luck, Lavar Burton. And with that, it's time for tea. Black art has always been the lifeblood of our community. From the time of the transatlantic slave trade to the present day, black people have always been creating. We have always created in a way that is truthful to our experiences while preserving our legacy. Printmaker and painter Charles White once said, art must be an integral part of the struggle. It can't simply mirror what's taking place. It must ally itself with the forces of liberation. And we have seen these forces of liberation in many aspects of Black art, from the writings of Langston Hughes and Maya Angelou, as well as Rita Dove and Tiana Clark and Jericho Brown, to the tunes of Billie Holiday and Bessie Smith, as well as Chanel Monet, and even our queen, Beyoncé. We can also see these threads of liberation and in the work of artists like Kehinde Wiley and Amy Sherald. There is no true beginning to black art because we have always been able to make things that have spoken truthfully and authentically to how we are living.
0: Yes, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about black creators. We're lucky enough to have graduating senior Nadia Presley on our show as a guest this week
2: my name's Nadia Presley. My pronouns are she, her, and I would say multimedia. So like I write, but also we'll do, you know, photography, video if need be.
0: (laughs) Is there a particular aesthetic to your work? If so, how would you describe it?
2: I wouldn't necessarily say I have a particular aesthetic. I think mainly just like going for the energy of like the person or like the situation that you're in if that makes sense like for example if I like take I do a photo shoot with my sisters like I know her vibe is kind of like indie vintage type thing so I would want her like images to come out that way whereas if you're doing a headshot for someone or like an engagement shoot for someone it would be a little bit more you know um general a little bit more um classic, timeless, if that makes
0: sense? I don't think there's a particular aesthetic to my work. I think I just personally, I am always going to gravitate more towards like minimal designs, minimalist designs and like things that have neutral colors. That's why like, if you look on the BGTP Instagram, it's very like a lot of Browns and blacks and grays. And I think that those colors are just like, you know they're easier on my eyes so they're easier for me to work with um but i don't think that that personal um preference so seeps into like my journalistic work at all especially because like that really depends on like the story that you're telling specifically like i'm working on um a story about the cost of covid with um you know a large group of people it's a collaborative reporting project and aesthetically i think our vision has gone through a lot of different things and ultimately like, at the end of the day we have to choose things so that like the whole project is cohesive and makes sense so even if it ends up you know even if we end up choosing things that like me on a personal level would not like choose i think if it is like better for the cohesiveness of the story like that is the better choice to make
1: um, there isn't a particular aesthetic to the work that I do. Obviously, like my, my journalism is just like I am um, trying to create stories that I think are authentic and real to people who are talking to me. And in this show, um, we were just really trying to carve out a space for us to really talk about and get into some real issues that we thought weren't discussed enough or weren't discussed with enough nuance. And I think that's been the highlight of doing this show is that we're kind of discussing that these issues are multifaceted and they don't have easy solutions, which I think sometimes we think of conflict as having a very easy solution. And I think this show was proven through our research and through our work that like none of these answers are easy. Like we can't really wrap up anything in a nice, like, neat little bow in a way that's going to be equitable and Um, productive for everybody. But what we can do is we can talk about them and we can make it happen. Um, As far as my poetry, um, I write a lot about trauma. Um, All of my adulthood has been me unpacking my trauma. It's been me um, trying to figure out how to feel and under, trying to understand how these things affected me and I think poetry has given me a medium to do that I mean frankly it has always given me a medium to do that I've been writing poetry since I was in middle school um but I think I've definitely like grown as a poet and I've developed a lot as I've just experienced more and as I have just tried to understand myself more um and so those are you know I try to write out happier things but honestly poetry for me is a conduit for me to actually feel some things so um that's kind of where my aesthetic choices come from
0: how has quarantine impacted your creativity
2: where i am right now with school and everything you know i feel like in the past i've been i've had the space and the time to be a little bit more creative and you could say that quarantine has played into that too because you can't get out and go like have shoots with people because you know there's the risk of catching COVID so I definitely do think quarantine and like combined with where I am in life right now has kind of limited that a little bit I'm still able to to be a little bit creative you know it's corporate creation but it's still it's yeah still creativity nonetheless so yeah I don't know if it's necessarily quarantine or just kind of like
0: quarantine has definitely impacted my creativity in that I just feel less motivated to be creative I know that that seems kind of backwards especially because like um Oh, all this like personal time that we've had in the past year, a lot of people have um, developed their creativity, embarked on more creative projects, which like I definitely admire. I think at the end, you know, now that we're like sort of nearing the end, I'm getting this like boost of creativity, you know, just like for specific projects that I'm working on. But I, I don't know if it's quarantine specifically if it's like quarantine my mental health or quarantine and the fact that I'm a graduating senior
1: has quarantine impacted my creativity most definitely um I just haven't really had the motivation to create in the same way um since the beginning of quarantine but then I think like Frankly, being in school has kind of helped a little bit with that because now I'm on a schedule. and Now, like, I have to get these things done. It's um, so, like for the show, like, I we have to release an episode every week. And so I'm, like, dedicated to doing that and I'm dedicated to making it happen. Um, I was in a poetry class uh, last fall. And so, like, I had to write a poem every week. And that really, like, reignited some things for me. Um, I think quarantine really has got me down on the health level. But I think getting back on a schedule really, like gave me something to latch on to and that really um, has been important for me.
0: What Black creators do you look up to?
2: Yeah, so when I think of like creators that I'm really into right now, I think of just kind of like the social media that I'm into at the moment. So I shamelessly will say that I have been into TikTok a lot lately. (laughs) Um, And so I think... My favorite creators on TikTok are honestly the more, you know, like micro influencers who, you know, treat it very casually, but still like have their own aesthetic. Um, I also am big into Instagram and some of my favorite people in there, like the, um, a lot of black creative women who are head of like these media companies, like Chrissy Rutherford, Um, people like that. Also, there's one girl on Instagram. Her name is Demi. I can't think of her handle right now. Um, But she's a black creator. She's one of my favorites because she works like a full time corporate job. And she does her creative like passions on the side. And she's made like a brand for herself on Instagram. And I think it's I admire the fact that she's been able to do both because I feel like as I enter, like, the workforce. That's something that I can see for mm-hmm. myself. Like, I don't see myself being a full-time, like, content creator, but it would be something that would be nice to, you know, invest in my passion projects on the side and then hopefully make it lucrative, like, in the future, like she's doing. So she's definitely my favorite.
1: I – okay, I'm going to name off a bunch of posts that I like. Um, so I really love Rita Dove. I love Tiana Clark. I got to introduce her to reading recently. Um, that was really exciting. Um, I love Jericho Brown. I – I love, um, I love Chloe and Halle. I love Vecca the Stallion. I, uh, I love Beyonce because she's the queen of everything. Um, I, I love this band I just found. Like I get talked about on the show called, um, Mimi at the Altar. Um, there are just so, 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 so many creators who I look up to. On TikTok, I love this guy named Shawhat Goofy. Um, I love, um, Kenna. Their name on, on TikTok now is, um, Down with the Mouse, um, I love, oh my gosh, I forgot. Uh, her name's Bobby, um, and she begins all of her TikToks with, I'm your friend who's a little bit too much about pop culture. I can't think of her username right now. Uh, this is called Afternoon Special, I think. Um, I love her. I love Isaiah Xavier um, on TikTok also. Um, <laughs> I follow a lot of like, creators there. Um, and these are just people who are, honestly, I think you're just making really good content. Um, but also people who I think are... Are really honest in their work and I really like trust their opinions on things and I really just like I think that they are just trying to find a way to do the things that they enjoy the most and that is the content that they're making they're not really trying to pander to anybody they're not really trying to like make content that is going to be suitable to an algorithm they are just making content where it's like hey this is what I enjoy talking about and I want to keep talking about it and keep doing it um,
0: there are some black women creators that I follow very closely, like um, Rachel Cargill, who is not a creator um, by definition. Um, she's like a scholar activist, but has a very like active um, social presence. So I follow her uh, very closely. I also look up to Elaine Welteroth very much. I'm always interested in like what she's doing. And I'm very, uh, I admire how she's able to apply her education and her intellect to spheres that are not always journalistic. Um, and I, it seems like she has developed a pathway in which she's able to like do the things that she likes um, and embrace her creativity, but do it in a way that is like, you know, she's still doing um, work that she's passionate about and like using her platform to um, advocate for things that she's passionate about. So I definitely look up to people that are able to balance What are the challenges of creating digital content today?
2: Yeah, so I would say like, when it comes to like being a creative person, it's hard working in corporate America, because like, even if you do get a job that like, seems to be creative, there's still limits you have to your creativity, because you're working for a company that has a brand that has an image to uphold. So you have to follow like their specific guidelines so it does feel a little mundane sometimes you know there's always those times like my boss will be like oh we have to create this like clip for instagram or twitter um here's the video but i'm giving you like free range to do whatever you want to it type thing um so that's like nice but there is the challenge of just like mundane creativity and how like corporate America will make your creativity less creative by having you make the same thing over and over again.
0: For me, I think the challenges just come down to like burnout. Um, even just like this show specifically, like we're on a weekly schedule and obviously like it is a passion project. So I'm like very committed to doing it. Um, but I've definitely experienced burnout, especially because we've been doing it for, um, yeah, I definitely experience burnout, um, and so I think that's just like the hardest thing, especially like if you're sitting at the computer all day long, or if you're um, consistently like asking yourself to do better and better every single week. I think, um, I think I just have to practice being more like gentle with my mental state, you know, and just recognizing that um, I don't have to like top my creative output week to week or month to month?
1: Oh my God, there's so many. Um, I think sometimes when you are just starting to make digital content, it is really hard to like let people know that you exist, you know? Um, so that you can get out there because like the internet is vast and wide and there's so, 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 so many things out there. That I think it's just really hard to find your like niche um in a digital space but also also like digital content rewards consistency and um and also more and more so we are enjoying content that is shorter which means you're not really getting to like dive into things in the same way you like to it's been like I think it's been a lot of the challenges with our show is that like we are about deep dives and we make hour-long episodes and um or 30 minute long episodes at our shortest, I think. And like, that's not always the kind of content people are willing to consume all the time. I mean, obviously people do because we have people who listen to our show, but, um, I think it's, I think it's really hard, um, sometimes getting to balance what you think is going to be necessary content with what like people actually want to see. Um, and I think that we have found a way to do that in a way that works for us And in a way that works for our listeners, because people people tune in, you know, and I think I think there's kind of a death of long form content that's taking a while. And I think that's kind of sad um, because I think it's necessary and I think it's beautiful and I think it deserves to have a place in our in the digital space. But yeah. Um, But yeah. And also, you know, of course, burnout is hard looking at a screen for several hours um, a day or a week is really hard. Um, my screen time's been down by 12% on my phone. And so I'm pretty happy about that, but you know, that's it's 12%, you know, I'm still spending like um, nine, 10 hours a day on my phone. Um, so, you know, I think all of that is really hard when you work primarily in a digital space, but you know, um, people who do it like us, I think do it really well. So yeah.
0: What's important about the work that you do?
2: Yeah, for me, it's just to, um, like, creatively-wise, like, with passion projects, things of that nature, it's just, like, to have fun, you know? Like like I said, it's not my full-time job, so there isn't a pressure to, like, be perfect or do everything very pristinely, if that makes sense. Um, I think, you know, just have fun with it. Um, And when it comes to, like, work and something that, like, I'm making money off of, I think it's just to, you know, realize that this is your job and you can do your your passions on the side and, you know, like, just to have fun and don't don't take it too seriously and just.
1: I think Black women deserve to be able to talk about the things that are affecting them and things that are important to us, you know? Um, and I think podcasting has been really fun. I, I tell people all the time that, like, this show is me sitting with Yasmeen and us kiki for an hour, um, which some of our all people who listen to our show think it's, oh, it's some of the people who listen to our show, like, that is an oversimplification of what we do, which it is, which it is. We put, like, a lot of work and effort into it, but I think I think it's really great that I get to work with Yasmeen in particular because, she's amazing and awesome and always just putting the absolute most effort into everything that she does and I think that's great that I get to to do this piece um with a person that I love and care about a whole lot um but also also I think it's important that we are having these conversations that we are addressing the nuance of of these conversations we're addressing that these things are happening in the world and they have far-reaching effects but also understanding that they have Things like uh, racism, homophobia, and misogyny, and misogynoir, and things like that have, like, and phobia are just, like, these are systemic issues. And these are issues that, like, they did not show up in our world over the summer. They have been in our world for a long time. And for a lot of people, are just not realizing them, you know? And I think the show is important because we were like, hey, here's a place where you could start to Start considering how these forms of oppression interact in your everyday life because they are ingrained in everything. Um, and I think that's really important about our show, but also, like, I think with our lighter episodes that are about like black joy, as about fashion, or about music, like this episode that's about black creatives, I think it's important that, like, there's also a space for joy while you are thinking about all the really awful things that make up the world, there's a, there's a space for us to understand ourselves and a space for us to make the best work that we can. Um, and I think that that's really important about our show. Um, about me as a poet, um, and me as a journalist, obviously I think, I think journalism is fundamental to our, to our democracy and to our world. I think that we there should always be journalists and there always will be journalists because I think we are doing something that is fundamentally essential to our existence um, and that's why I'm a journalist that's why I've been in school for four years trying to be a journalist because I I care so much about making community stronger but also highlighting the things that people love about the place that they live and I think that I want to be a part of something bigger than myself, and I think being a journalist does that for me, and so that's what I think is really important about that, um, me as a poet, honestly, my poetry is so deeply personal to me, like, I am writing, I am writing primarily for me, and if other people happen to, like, identify with it and enjoy it, then, like, so be it, you know, like, I, my work is important as a poet because, like, how else am I gonna process my emotions, you know, like, how else am I gonna do that, um, but also I just think, I think art like poetry is like vital to life and, as well. You know, I think it it has the ability to hold a mirror up to the world and be like, you know, here is who I am. Are you in here too?
0: I think, <clears throat> I think there are a lot of important things about the work that I do on this show specifically. Uh, Zan and I spoke in theory about creating this show for over a year, which I know we've talked about in here um I know that we've been like pretty transparent about that process but you know and the point is to amplify black voices which is why we only have black creators or that's why we only um have black guests on the show because like that is a commitment that we have made as creators um for this project so um I think recentering conversations and amplifying like BIPOC voices is something that's very important about my work. Um, My less rigid work, like some of the photography work that I do or, like, some of the things that I write about, those are, like, more self-serving, which I also think is um, a good thing. You know, just to have that balance of, like, not everything is so hard-hitting, not everything has to be um, an exploration of trauma or traumatic experience. I think there are some things that, like... Um, I do that just focus on joyous things just focus on just like expressions of femininity or like something um, that I think is beautiful even if it's just like taking pictures of my friends or um, writing a poem when I'm sitting in my room or something like that. What's the future of black media and where do you fit in that space?
2: Yeah so I think it's really cool that we're seeing a lot of black influencers on starting to grow on social media. Um, I think that will start to be the future of um, black people in the media. I also think that a lot of black women recently have been like chief level positions in these media companies and these corporate media companies. And I think that's really inspiring. And I would like to see that momentum continue. But yeah, I think, our presence on social media as influencers is growing and i like that the most um like i could see myself you know in a micro influencer position or something like through instagram or something yeah so cuz that way you can you can create what you want still have fun with it interact with people like that's what it's all about in my opinion
1: honestly honestly i think black media is going to start focusing more on joy i think i've been seeing a lot of conversations where people are like i wish that so many of our stories were not about trauma i wish that we got to have more joy in our in our pieces and in our lives Show that black people can be happy um and i think i think black media is going to go there i think it is going to start featuring black people um just kind of living you know like it's okay i think it's one of the reasons why like shows like insecure exists. Oh, I should have I should have mentioned is one of my favorite creators, but yeah, I think the things that she makes are important because it's like here are just black people dealing with like everyday problems, but their blackness is not is, is a part of the plot line, but like it is not the only plot line. And I think that is such an important distinction, you know? Like I want Media to acknowledge blackness, but I don't want it to only be about the pain that comes with blackness, if that makes sense. And I think like black media is going to start like really, really d- diving deep into that, into and into thinking about the roles that we give black people, especially black women, differently. Um, I think that's going to be astounding to see, and really important. Um, as far as for me. Um, as I said, I mostly write about trauma, in my own poetry, so maybe I'll, like, maybe I, too, will start trying to think about the things that, like, give me joy, you know, and maybe I, too, will start to really, like, reflect, um, on those aspects of my life, um, and as far as, like, you know, I think my journalism has always kind of been about joy, um, I love feature news, you know, I love, I love writing about artists. I love writing about um new community centers. I love writing about, like, new businesses. I love writing about all that stuff. And so I think, like, in in that field of my life, I have always written about joy. And I think I will probably continue to try my best to keep writing about joy. Um, and for this show, I don't really know. I really feel like Yasmin and I have done our best to to balance the pain with the joy. And I think that we will continue to do that in our work and on this show um, as it develops. And I just think that we're gonna, I don't know, I feel like we're all gonna, as a culture and as a people, because so many things have been happening lately, and have always been happening, to be honest, I think we're really gonna try to start, like, you know, lifting our heads to the sun more often and like giving ourselves a pat on the back I think we're really going to lean into lean into healing um going forward so yeah
0: I think black creators are going to storm social media I think it is already happening in record forces I think um the way black humor is able to have Adapt platform to platform is also very interesting And I just hope that that like growth continues as well as like access to those things like I know that um social media is also given like um The ability for like niches to uh, like niche circles to emerge out of those like social spaces a lot of those like work to um do the things that like zan and I are doing on the show Um, And I think that that act of centering, that act of like uplifting and amplifying like specific marginalized voices is going to like continue um, even if the conversations aren't about something that is um, nuanced or serious or uh, tragic. I think we will just have like more spaces for black creators to like do and (laughs) exist.
2: As I, like, enter the real world and (laughs) start my big girl job, I'm hoping that, like, I can get involved in more creative projects that make life a little bit more fun now that we have so much freedom with school or, yeah, with being done with school. So I think that, you know, that's really important for anybody to do, whether you're just starting school, just finishing school, not in school at all, you know, find something Mm -hmm. um, that you really enjoy doing and you know, make it a important part of your life.
0: Huge thank you to Nadia Presley for joining us on this show. That's
1: a wrap for episode this week. Yasmeen, where can our listeners find you?
0: I'm at Yasmeen underscore SA on Instagram. Zan, where can our listeners find
1: you? I am at, it's Alexandria Dorsey on Twitter and Instagram. As Always, please follow us at Black Girl Tea Party on Instagram, and search Black Girl Tea Party on Facebook, and at Black Girl Tea Time on Twitter, to stay up to date with our episodes and updates from us.
0: Also, check us out on Apple Pod, check us out on Apple Podcast or Spotify, wherever you listen to uh, audio content. You can
1: also send us an email at Black at Send us questions, ask for advice, or just tell us how much you love the show. We would love to hear from you. Remember to love often and with all your heart.